Welcome to the first episode of Hockey Town West podcast. This is Nick or GR Hockey Guy, and I have Brandon. Are also I'm just Brandon on Twitter as well. I really don't have anything exciting going on there like you. Your handle is literally just Brandon. It's my full name. Oh, Brandon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's I don't it. Want to use full names. <laughs> um, so the what we are trying to do is we already have a really good hockey um, podcast from the Winged Wheel. And we get a lot, they cover a lot of Red Wings information, news, roster changes, things of the sort. And through listening to them, it's kind of inspired us to start our own uh, for the Griffins and only cover Griffins, uh, maybe a little bit of the OHL with Flint and uh, Saginaw close to us. And um, maybe even Toledo based off of how much information we get. I mean, we've got big prospects down there for COSA and, uh, you know, in the AHL, we've got Lombardi down in Flint tearing it up. And then uh, we've got our home team, the Griffins over here in Grand Rapids. But um, we get, there's a lot of questions on the winged wheel about what's going on in Grand Rapids. What's, what's happening. Why is all the roster changes and um, figured we step up and. Uh... Yeah. I mean, we hear the questions the most on the winged wheel podcast is what's going on in Grand Rapids. And, as much as the guys try their best to answer, they they don't they're not here. They don't have the answers. Luckily for us, we're able to attend a significant amount of games, watch most of the away games, um, and just be really dialed in. Being based in Grand Rapids, I think it's going to be a a good thing for everyone here to be able to get some information on what's actually happening here, especially with how much change this team has seen in the last 30 days even. Um, it's a completely different team from when we first went to the home opener this season. So that's what I'm most excited about being able to cover for everyone and being able to pass on that information about the team to everyone else and hopefully answer some questions people have too um, about the up and coming or you know previous wings that are on the team now as weird as things are getting. So that's the direction we're looking to head here. And of course, yeah, cover you know the OHL, cover the ECHL, Toledo. There's too many prospects now in Toledo. Uh, with Cosa, Sabrango, uh, Krill, everyone that's been sent down there being roster casualties, basically, with Grand Rapids having so much movement. So it'll be fun to cover them. But um, we'll kind of give you a background of how we both got into hockey here. Uh, myself, um, I've been a Griffins fan since as long as I can remember. Parents were season ticket holders when I was a kid. Always have watched hockey with them. Always have just kind of, that's been my sport. There's not really many other sports like it that I'm into as much as hockey itself. So that's been a part of my life since the first day I can remember um, and continued into my adulthood with the obsession that we have about it now. It's probably an unhealthy obsession at this point, but that's why we started a podcast so we can talk about it more and more. And then what about you, Nick? Uh, so I got into hockey about 94. I was four years old. Um, my dad was a big Red Wings fan. And so we watched, we stay up late, watched the Wings to the uh, playoffs. So grew up with the, you know, the Eisman, the Lindstrom, be able to watch the team and uh, just really build that dynasty throughout our lives. Oh, like my life, you know, they've ridden the playoffs for more than half my life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird to say. So get, got involved through that. And then um, we would go to the Flint Generals games. I'm from Flint. So we would go out and uh, watch those. It's not much hockey. It's more fights than anything else, which is always a good time. And, uh, you know, just growing up and then continually watching the wings, uh, the lockout kind of kind of pushed me away a little bit, got back into it again and listening to podcasts and hooking up with Brandon and going over all the crazy NHL stuff and like that. So it's always just helped for me appreciate the game a lot more. Moving out here to Grand Rapids, being able to go to the Griffins and watch the, you know, the, the prospects really grow and develop has also helped. So 
that's kind of where I came from. It's not even prospects anymore. We're basically the baby wings, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> our nickname for the team this year. Is, <clears throat> so we have so many good prospects of you know Simon, and then um, I'm blanking on somebody else. I mean, there's <laughs> so, a long list. Simon's the big guy right now, but uh, I mean, we just added Elmer, and we just uh, now Verana, Nedeljkovic, everybody coming down and um, using it as condition stints, which has been good on Steve to be able to utilize, be able to bring people down for us, and I mean just. The development, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And hopefully next year we'll see Kosa, we'll see Casper. Uh, previously, having Bertuzzi down here. It was my first year down here at Grand Rapids. So then, who did we just see through? Oh, Cider last year. Cider was fun to watch come up. I know you didn't get to go to many of those no. games like I did, but that was a fun time. And then, yeah, I mean, next year, I think that's the goal for the team is Kosa, which will be the biggest piece um, in Grand Rapids, I think, at that point in time, depending on if Casper's here as well. But Kosa, that's his plan. I don't know if you watched the interview Daniel Bruce did with him. Um, That was his whole plan is to be in Grand Rapids next year. He wants to keep moving up that chain. Um, The mindset the kid has is, you know, I want to excel at each level I'm at right now. And Toledo's been hit or miss for him so far. He's had some really good games. He's had some rough games. Um, again, never attended one of them. Want to at some point so we can see him in action. Um, but just kind of catching the highlights and seeing what they're able to do down there. It seems like Costa will be a fun one next year. But did, didn't you get to go to the Costa game when you was at here? I GR? did, yes. His one game he played in GR, uh, which, we, which, which he won. Um, yeah, I was able to go to that one. That one was a lot of fun. Um, that's before the roster had really changed. He was really the only change going on at the time. And that was a lot of fun. He had some good moments. And, you know, his first pro game, he had some shaky moments. So, (laughs) um, no, the kid's got a bright future, um, can move the puck well, definitely hold himself in net, and then has some very exciting moments. Um, obviously we'll, we'll, I don't want to get too far into prospects right yeah. off the bat, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about him more and more, but that there is some excitement coming next year. And there's a lot of excitement right now around this team. Um, especially what they might be able to do with the second half of the season here. So I think what we'll talk about first, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, this weekend. So we had two games. We had a game on Friday and then, um, we had a game on Saturday. We played the Dallas team, the, the Texas stars, the Texas stars, they're Dallas stars affiliate yeah they're the same team when you look at them on the ice let's be real yeah. <laughs> uh yes they are on the top aren't they on the top of the hl standings they are they are one of the one, one of the top teams in the ahl right now for sure um you know they're the top of the central division um with the griffins being in the same division as them here um playing them back to back uh on the road is probably one of the biggest tasks the griffins have been up against this entire season with that there they were able to come away with four points I mean, Texas got one, bringing the game to overtime last night. Like Griffin's cleared up and got all four points they needed to get against, God, man, one of the most challenging teams to play against watching them on the ice. That team is good. Texas being a top team, we were able to split the season series with them. We closed out the season. We don't play them again this season. Um, so with where the Griffins are at in the standings, which isn't the best place to possibly be in right now, that was huge. And obviously they have a Central Division opponent in Manitoba coming to town this coming weekend. That's another tall task right there. Luckily, we're a little bit closer to them in division with them being right ahead of us here. 49 points to our 42. Uh, but that's going to be another huge four points if this team has uh, wants to have a sniff at making the playoffs at this point. And the crazy part is even where we're at, playoffs are not out of the question. But the Texas games, I know you didn't get to watch Friday. I didn't get to watch all of Friday. I was able to catch the end of it and catch any highlights online about it. It was a chippy game. 
I know there was one point New Power took a disgusting hit to the back that I don't think he's still happy with based off his interview last night. It wasn't good, but I mean, they were able to come away with a big win in that one. But the game we really got to focus on was last night's game. And I think for the Red Wing fan in us last night was a lot of fun. Ned obviously playing back-to-back games, stood on his head throughout the entire game, especially in overtime and the shootout. He was 100% solid in the shootout. There was only one scorer in the shootout there, which was Elmer clinching the game right there. But seeing Verona get two and then seeing Zadina get one assisted by Elmer and Simon was a cool moment. Yeah, I I was only able to watch the first two periods of the of yesterday's game uh, with the All-Star game going on for the NHL. And then last night I went out to the Flint Firebirds game. So I watched the first two periods this morning and what stood out to me a lot was how much Simon actually has the puck. <laughs> Like, I remember watching Mo last year. Like, he was just, there was, like, that one time when he had, like, two, three minutes of just having the puck on his stick the entire way up and down. Like, that's how I feel like uh, Simon's really coming into it. Yeah, Simon's starting to look more and more like Mo. And in, in remembering watching Mo's development here, it took about halfway through the season before fans were really like, okay, this kid's going to be something. And same case with Simon. He didn't do a ton at the beginning of the season, finding his legs. And, man, the kid's going to be something. I'm yeah. excited about him. I'm super excited. Like the last few games, he's been on a tear. Um, yeah. I don't know the exact stats. Um, a lot. He scored a lot of points. <laughs> I don't have exact yeah. stats for you. Well, there, I exact stats. No, yeah, it's and I mean, in, but <laughs> I mean, even just pulling up the goal from last night here. This this was Zadina crashing the net here essentially, but. Actually, sorry, Zadina's goal wasn't assisted by those two. It was Verona that assisted, <laughs> or Verona's goal that got assisted by them. But Zadina's goal was assisted by Johansson and then Luff. Um, Zadina made an amazing play just coming in and crash the net here on this beautiful pass from Luff. Luff just gets it right across there, and Zadina just smacks it home like he just used to all the it. time in Grand Rapids, and this is stuff we haven't really seen him get to do in the NHL yet. That goal is a confidence booster for that kid. Yeah, he definitely needs it. It showed, too. He's looking better. He's getting his game shape in. I mean, Friday he looked a little slow just based off of, you know, just trying to get back into it, um, which is going to happen to anybody. But Yeah, I mean, he was, I know you didn't watch, get to watch the third. He was buzzing after that goal. But, the I mean, the other guy who was buzzing out there before that was Verana. Verana is on fire right now. Did you think that goal was in? First the first goal? goal? Um, I didn't think the first goal was in when I first watched it. Um, I f- fully agreed with Bob when he was commentating on it saying that didn't go in and hit the crossbar and came out but apparently that over the net angle showed something different that whole sequence there yeah it was crazy sequence and it sucks that we don't have the overhead replay that's my one ask of the ahl give us that overhead replay in all arenas no arena has it no arena can see and replay for the fans that overhead view and obviously if you're watching online or if you're watching in the arena you don't get to see that so stars fans were pissed after that goal got called a goal yeah and I understand why I would have been mad too if I was in the arena at that point. Why don't they have the Why don't they have the camera? Great question. The refs can see it. We can't. But the Stars fans weren't happy after that one. But then the game really spiraled out of control from the ref uh, officiating standpoint for this game. I don't know how far into the second you got trying to I got watch through, the replay. I got through all of it. Yeah, Perfect. it was chippy and they were bad penalties. Well, there was some really questionable ones the Griffs got away with, and then it kind of went the same way for Texas at that point too. Yeah, if I was a fan at that game. I was pretty angry, but at the same time, from this perspective for us, I was pretty happy. The whistle hasn't gone the way for Grand Rapids most of the season. To kind of see it go our way a little bit felt pretty good. Not at all. No. It has been so 
The officiating has been the worst part of going to the games live. <laughs> that is easily the worst part. But I mean, just a quick recap of the game. So obviously we know Verona scored twice. Zadina scored as well. Matt Luff, he's back. Had a couple fantastic opportunities there. Obviously that pass to Zadina was a great assist by him. Basically broke a defender's ankles going in in overtime trying to get a goal as well. Um, but man, having him back with Zarnik and everyone else really starting to click again has been good as well. But I think the biggest key to this team's success over the past, what, four games is Soderblom. Yeah. The, the kid's on fire. I mean, yeah, he got the shootout winner, which was pretty nasty, honestly. It was a really simple shot. His hands are silky, man. He knows how to move the puck and make it look like he's going to go one way and go the other. He's got the dangles. He's got the dangles <laughs> for sure. No, he's going to be good. I. It's crazy that he was scoring more in the NHL before he came to the AHL. It took him a while to get that first goal in the AHL. He had well, what, he got the first goal in the first game of the <laughs> of his NHL career. Yeah, I mean, you can't really beat that. But he also had multiple after that, and it took him a while. I think even Bob had mentioned that in his interview with him. It was like, wow, it took you a while. Is the AHL harder than the NHL? <laughs> and, you know, he didn't really give us a good insight on that. But it sounds like he really struggled to grasp the speed of the AHL, which is pretty crazy. But he's getting it now, and... Again, kind of like how Mo moves, defending people, keeping the puck protected. He's using that size and the giant stick he gets to use to keep that puck protected, and he's making smart plays with it. And, yeah, he's looking really good. So he's someone to be really excited about right now. I feel like all of Detroit's, like, big prospects, this last week of hockey or so, they've really turned it on. Like, Everson came out, uh, got a goal, you know, got right up on the board. Then Verona started, he's on a heater. Now you've got Elmer as well, like, they're having a lot of confidence, and they're really just going at it. Yeah, I think I texted you the other night, and it was I was like, you know who I'm really impressed by right now? And it's someone who needs to be talked about because he hasn't been all season. It's Vero. Vero, yeah. Mil Vero. Dude, he's found his game, and it's nothing impressive offensively, but it's someone I can completely trust on the back end at this point. Is he NHL ready? God, no. But is he closer to top-line AHL ready? hundred percent. He's been making extremely smart decisions with the puck and doing all the right things defensively that you got to mention him. He can't go unnoticed, but there's two other guys on defense that have been doing a lot more than him. And Simon, obviously I can say his name a million times. Johansson is the next one. Johansson looks fantastic right now. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. It's, it's a player that at first I wasn't keen on. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, think he was pretty impressive at the beginning of the season. I even thought even with Simon's slow progression that Simon was significantly more impressive than Johansson at the beginning of the season. But he's turned it on, just like everyone else has. Like you said, he's turned it on. He's doing well with it. I'm wondering what changes they've had besides Ned being added for this team to just like really finally get that fire under him. Because for a lot of the season, they looked very lost. They looked very just... Like, I don't know. It seemed like there was a coaching change or something. Like, something had happened where they just were playing uninspired. We'd win one game. We'd lose another. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy to think, like, nothing much has changed besides getting Ned in that. Did that really just solidify the Griffins on this, what, their last 10 games? They're now 6-4? Yeah, and on a four-game win streak, headed to the All-Star break here. Um this is the first weekend I didn't tweet Fire Ben Simon, (laughs) Um, which was pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, it definitely seemed like something changed. I don't know if Ned was the spark or if some offensive veteran presence in Verona 
and and Zadina coming back. I don't know if that helped kind of line things up too. Obviously, the team made some moves too, and we really kind of saw after Chris Golo left. Unfortunately, you know, we liked Chris Golo. Everyone liked him. Chris Golo was a fan favorite, and he's been doing really well since he's been traded. He's doing great in San Jose there, but ever since he left, that move was made. It was kind of like a oh. They they're serious. They'll we want to do better, and they're going to make moves to make us better. Why do you think they traded Chris Colo? Aged down the team a little bit. I mean, the veteran rule is obviously a problem with this team. What's, um, what's the veteran rule, Brandon? I mean, I'll explain the veteran rule here. So the veteran rule is where a team can only have a maximum of five veteran players dressed to play that night. Goalie's not included, so Ned doesn't affect us in this uh, aspect here. But any player who's played over 320 NHL, AHL, or elite level games, so European leagues count, ECHL does not count. Uh, But anyone who's played more than 320 um, professional games like that are considered an AHL veteran. Uh, this rule was put in place so teams couldn't stack up their teams with, you know, some older players who aren't really playing in the NHL anymore. They might not have a spot in that league, but are still good enough players where they can make an impact on an AHL team. They don't want the teams to stack up and build a super team, I guess, in the AHL. That's what they're trying to avoid here. I thought initially when we traded Criscolo that we were addressing the problem, but we also gained another veteran today. We'll get into that in a little bit, but Daniel Regan was the trade that we got for Giovanni Smith, who was a veteran at the time, so that helped with that rule. Criscolo was traded. He was a veteran at the time. That helps with that rule. Jasper Weatherby is not a veteran player. Um, also another player who's been very good since he's come here. Um, but that's that, I think the veteran rule is the key point in the Criscolo trade. I mean, he was almost 30 years old or was 30, um, and Weatherby, I believe, is 25 or 26, so it ages down the team a little bit. Weatherby was a guy that's kind of been lost in the system in San Jose with really the, he played 56 NHL games last year and was immediately put back in the AHL squad this year and hasn't had a sniff at the NHL this year. He's some center depth for the wings as well. Someone that could be reliable in a call up if needed. I think he, I think that's the whole, the point of the trade was to age down the team and eliminate a veteran, which helps a ton because now we were nights we were deciding, are we sitting Brian Lashoff? Are we sitting Daniel Regan? Are we sitting Dominic Shine? Are we sitting Verana? Yeah. There was nights where that decision had to be made, and Verano was sat as we all questioned it at the time. But you can't let guys sit for two weeks and get rusty like that. We saw that you know that can happen with some people. Luckily, there's one player on the team who sat for I think two and a half weeks straight um, and came in and is a completely better player than he was before he sat. And that's Victor Brastrom. Yeah, Brastrom did have a bounce back game the other day. Um, he had a couple bounce back games now. His first game back against Iowa, he was incredible. Even though we lost that game. Um, he was the Bradstrom I remember doing backflips the season before. I miss that Bradstrom. I miss that Bradstrom too. And he's coming back though. And this is the first time all season where I've been confident that the Griffins have a one-two goalie combination between Ned and Bradstrom that I think could do really well for us. And the defense trusts them at this point and it's allowed them to make smarter decisions. So back to the original question of what changed the team, Chris Golo's departure, as much as he was good, definitely changed the team in an aspect Ned coming on did make a bigger impact because the defense is making smarter decisions with the puck and not panicking, and I think they're more calm with him back there than they are than they were with UC or Brestrom together. So I fully believe that that's the reason the team has gotten better. Yeah, I believe that the the goalies <laughs> Detroit's goalies problems have now fixed the Griffins' goalie problems. Um, yeah, yeah. And now you have UC has gone back to Finland. 
Sweden. Sweden. He's going to play hockey in Sweden. The neighboring country. Yeah, yeah. Right. He, they are neighboring. <laughs> so obviously he's finished, but he's yeah, he's going back to play in Sweden. Um, I don't know what league he's going to play in. I don't know what team he's playing for. Um, don't know if our prospects will come across him at any point in time while he, we're there, which would be interesting. But yeah, UC Okanara. Not yeah. a Griffin anymore. Yeah, Finland's right next to Sweden. Again, no, I'm, right. I'm proud of you. I'm I'm questioning myself now. But yeah, he's headed he's headed back overseas. They put him on waivers with the uh, sole purpose of terminating his contract. UC didn't have an NHL contract. He had an AHL contract that was signed by the Griffins. Uh, Brad Strom's the goalie that we had before Ned that had the NHL contract. Um, so it's pretty easy for them to throw him on waivers and make that move happen. Uh, from the sounds of it, too, is they both they both mutually agreed that UC didn't see that he was going to be a fit for the Griffins. Uh, he wanted to go back home and play, and which is good. I mean, it kind of lets Bradson breathe. <laughs> you know, that he's now going to be the backup to Ned as long as Ned is here in Grand Rapids to, you know, stop Pox, that's what they say. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Ned's going anywhere before the end of the season. I think Ned is permanently in Grand Rapids at this point unless some crazy stuff happens. I don't know if he gets traded or not. It's it's a, That's a whole... That could, dedicate a whole episode to that conversation i think at this point but uc being gone i mean it sucks i there's parts of his game i really liked i mean there was the the teddy bear toss game we were there a nice shout out that night yeah um he had shining moments where i was like wow he is pretty good um and then there's games where you're like holy crap this is really bad and i don't know if that's dedicated to him or if it's dedicated to how the team was performing at the time i think it's a mixture of both i think the Um, defense needed a lot of work as well yeah in the beginning of the season and i think uh yeah him departing is the right decision for him and i hope he does well in sweden and i'll still still follow it closely to see how he does over there yeah maybe he goes to seattle he goes to seattle or Ottawa. i mean you think putting him on waivers one of those two would have picked him up that's usually what they do when we put a goalie on waivers so but yeah uc's gone and now we have Ned and Bradstrom permanently, at least through the trade deadline. And I guess we'll see what happens at that point. That could open up a lot of doors if Ned gets traded. But we for an interesting time with our with Kosa and uh, the starting goalie over at Toledo. How do you pronounce his last name? I think it's Lantham, who has been on an absolute tear down there. Uh, I think he hasn't lost a game since November twelfth. Jeez. Granted, they've split the time really evenly between the two goalies. Yeah, he's. Some he's an interesting person for me to follow to see with this goalie situation what happens. So who knows what's gonna what the goalie tandem will look like by the end of the season. I still think it's gonna be Ned and Bradstrom through the whole rest of the season, and I don't anticipate Ned resigning because he is a UFA at the end of the season. I anticipate he tries to find something different, and he knows that these next few games in Grand Rapids through the rest of the season are his tryout to show every other team I can still do this. This is what I can do. He's looked good at Grand Rapids. He's looked really good. I think he's had maybe one game where he was off, and I think the whole team was off in that game. He's played well. He's he has played. It's well. been fun to watch in person too. Yeah, he has. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's been able to go to where he's there. He's yeah. an exciting goalie. Other roster changes. So we just got uh, Philip Zadina, who got uh, signed for conditioning stint because he's making his way back to injury. Played the last two games. Like Brian said, he's buzzing. He's out there getting crazy, had a goal, and uh, you just saw his confidence just soar after that. And we've got, what, two injuries right now? Cross. Cross is newly injured. Um, after this weekend, he was injured Friday night. And then McIsaac has been injured for a couple games, and he's still going to be out for a couple more. 
Cross's injury sounds like it's going to be long-term again, which really sucks. You don't want to see a player um, in the development pattern he's in right now uh, miss a lot of time, especially with how much experience is on the team and how much talent is around him. This would be a really good time for him to be on the ice. Uh, But yeah, I mean, obviously you want him to be healthy. It sucks that we're going to miss out on him for a little bit. And it's one of those times I'm really thankful we have players like Verona on the team right now to make up for that offensive gap because when that kid was healthy in the first quarter of the season he surprised us all and he was probably the best rookie on the ice for the griffins hands down yeah cross has been fun to watch as well he has excitement when he scores man (laughs) he knows how to celebrate a goal kind of like Kirill did as well he knows how to celebrate a goal and has fun with it then mckisaac's injury i don't know the details of mckisaac's injury i've only caught bits and pieces of it and that's, you know, we had Zadina here for Friday and Saturday. He's obviously already back in Detroit today. He was at practice today. Oh, wow. They called him up fast. They called him up very fast. So obviously Detroit liked what they saw in his couple of games here, and they're ready for him to get back in there. I'm assuming he's going to come back into the fourth line there and kind of ease into it. I don't know how much, if you ever watched the game day previews the team puts out before every game. I don't know if you watched Fridays or not. No, I missed that one. So they Bob interviewed uh, Verona and Zadina together. And you could tell those kids were happy to be playing together again. They could not stop smiling, laughing, and smirking through the entire time Bob was asking them how they're going to score goals together because they were <laughs> playing on the same line their first night back. <laughs> and it was hilarious. So you can see right there that connection that those two had, but you can see Verona's attitude. He's coming back around. He's he's ready, and he's doing big things in the ice, and he's going to, assuming we lose him in the next two weeks after the new change that was made today because we gained yet another Red Wing to the Griffin squad. To the waiver wire. Uh, added some elite talent with the elite Adam Ernie. Pure elite talent Adam Ernie is. Yeah, Adam Ernie is a Grand Rapids Griffin as of today. As of today. Um, cleared waivers, and I don't know how to feel about this one yet. It's interesting. We know Steve needs to put Zadini up. He needs to figure out what, what we have with him, you know. This year's been really crappy for Zadina because he's been injured. Uh, hasn't had much playing time this year. Uh, we need to know. He's got a two-year contract. Pretty cheap. I believe it's like 1.25 AAV. Yeah. It's uh, it's really a two-year proven deal. And losing half the season hasn't been good. So, you know, Steve's got to call him up, see what he's got, utilize him as much as he can, either for the team, for the betterment of the team, or for trade. Yeah, it's a it's a possibility. I mean, Zadina, yeah, uh, one point eight for the next two years we have him. So then he's a restricted free agent, so he doesn't go UFA automatically. So this is definitely the next two years are probably the most important years of Zadina's Red Wing career, I should say, as yeah. of right now at least. It's yeah, Adam Ernie is the roster casualty at this point, and I think most Red Wings fans can agree that this is the right roster move that we needed to see Steve make. I'm kind of surprised I didn't see him get traded. He's, you know, he's a UFA at the end of the season. And Ernie is. Yeah, Ernie is a UFA at the end of this season. He's now adding to the $6.9 million Red Wings salary cap that's in Grand Rapids. So we're building a super team. We're building the super team without being able to. But that, <laughs> as I said earlier, when there was a roster change that would impact that veteran rule, and Ernie's going to impact that veteran rule, I don't anticipate him being a player that's just going to be okay with sitting in his UFA year. He's going to want to be playing and see what happens. There's a part of me that can see a mutual agreement with this team where Adam Ernie looks overseas, kind of like UC did, if he doesn't get playing time. 
or there's a trade coming up that we have no clue what chess master Steve Eiserman's up to, and Adam Ernie's called back up at some point, and he was confident that he would get set down and not get picked up. How old is Ernie? Oh, gosh, Ernie, he's 27. So he's still got some t- he's tread got, left on those tires. He's got tread left on the tires. <laughs> he's got plenty of playing time left. I mean, Maybe he, he goes has, back to Tampa. <laughs> Adam, Adam Ernie, I have a love-hate relationship with Adam Ernie. Why? He has moments where... He can control a game sometimes when the when when the wings were as bad as they were, and all of a sudden Ernie puts in two goals that game, and Second the wings have a chance. Second Ernie. line center Adam Ernie, <laughs> those were the days. I I mean I'm confident in Adam Ernie's ability to be a fourth line player on a team that's got space. Yeah, the wings don't have space. Right, the wings. Which we knew this was going to happen as we were coming into the season, looking at projecting. You know, Fabry returning, and uh, who else was out for a long time. Bertuzzi like four different well, times. No, no, no. I'm not gonna count Bertuzzi out. But we didn't project he was gonna be out for a long time. There's somebody else. I thought. Oh, uh, Rana. Oh yeah, I think that changed a couple of things when he was sent to Grand Rapids. But yeah, Adam Ernie, Grand Rapids Griffin. We'll see how he. I'm assuming we'll see him Friday against Manitoba. Yeah. And where he slots in on this team, I have no clue. Or you know, we're, I mean, we're still being affected by the veteran rule with Adam Ernie. Yeah. So maybe he just sits the first two games. I think that becomes a question for our coaching staff. Do you sit a Dominic Shine and a Brian Lash off, or do you sit an Adam Ernie? Somebody's got yeah. Somebody's got to sit. Maybe we just give Ernie the two days to process and take a break. All I can hope for is this is like the time Grand Rapids signed Abdicator to help him get back Olympic ready, and he comes in and plays really well and is a piece that helps the team get to the playoffs. Not that Abdicator. Help us get to the playoffs, but those couple games when was he was getting Olympic ready, it was short lived, but it was exciting. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun for all of us, I think. And I think that's the fans liked it too. I think that's what Griffin's fans need right now is fun. And we're having fun again on this four game win streak, but it wasn't fun for a while. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It was dark times. Dark times were had. So, I mean, leading into this weekend, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'm going to do an Evan projection of 1 1. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so this weekend we are playing the Moose. Wait, have we played them yet? We have played them before. We played them, was it back-to-back weekend at home? Or was it back? I think they played one game in Manitoba, one game in Grand Rapids. They did a split. They did a split on that one there. And I know we won the first one because we were there. It was a nice shutout for the Teddy Bear Toss game. And then the second game was an ugly game. Um, they had lost that game 4-1. Four four to one. One. Um, no, that was at home too. I'm crazy. So they've only played this team at home so far this season. It's a big game because Minnesota is right above us in the standings. So if we want to make that second half crazy Calder push playoff spot, like we got to win these two games this weekend. We have an interesting stretch of games in February too. We get Manitoba back-to-back this weekend. Wednesday we get Rockford. And Friday we get Cleveland. And Sunday, Monday, that following weekend, we're in Manitoba. Oh, that's weird. Sunday, Monday. Three o'clock Monday again. Those are the best. We're terrible at those usually. So, um, yeah, the, this these next few weeks, I mean, obviously, we're getting towards the end of the season. It's going to decide the season. But these next couple games are going to decide a lot. Um, playing yeah. both Rockford, Manitoba. Um, luckily Cleveland's not in the division anymore, so that one doesn't impact us, but those are obviously points we need to get, and they're having a bad season. These next couple, these next three games are huge. must-wins. They're all at home. Yeah. 
Um, We're 15 points behind the Central Division leader, which is Texas. Yeah, and to make up a total of six points this weekend, I don't know who Texas plays. I'm not going to dig in too much into what the other teams are looking at right now with their schedule ahead of them. It's important we take all six of these points, but the good thing for us is the team's on fire. Yeah, um, they're looking confident. They're on a good roll right now. And this is a different roster than both of these teams saw us last in. Yeah, that's true. So I'm fully confident that they could take both games this weekend. I'll make the bold prediction saying that they're going to keep the win streak going and string together at least three here. Oh, yeah, three? Yep, I think this is going to be, depending on how things go here, as long as everyone can stay healthy and the roster is balanced and the coaches make the right decision, I think this team's going to go on a run. You think um, all that's going to happen this weekend? <laughs> No, God, not a chance. But I'm going to have hope here and say that this four-game winning streak is added to, at least, and it's not broken. I'm confident in the fact that this team could go on a streak here and go on a run if they want. If the team wants playoffs, they have to go on a run. They they have to go on a run. This is the point in the schedule where the run can happen um, because this whole month we don't play teams that are that much better than us in the division. Manitoba's right above us. Rockford's one above them. Chicago's... Last. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's terrible this year, which is weird. Well, that's what happens when you have an affiliation change. They lose all their players. Oh, yeah, they, they had their affiliate change. Um, they, they, did they win the cup last year? They won the cup last year. They were now they're, a terrible now they're team terrible. to play against last year, and now they are just not good. Um, I mean, you look at just if you just look at it by wins and losses, Manitoba, 22 wins, Rockford, 23 wins, Grand Rapids, 19, Chicago, 16. Cleveland, 17. These are all teams within our range to beat. Um, do I think we'll have an unbeaten February? No. But do I think they'll go on a tear here? Yeah. yeah they need to. Because that's yeah. the only teams they play this whole month. And a lot of that is at home, too. Out of all of those games, there's only two on the road, and those are the two Manitoba ones. We have a lot of games to go to here coming up. It'll be fun and exciting, especially now that we start this. Yeah. So obviously we will keep update. We'll update everyone as much as we can on the games. I know I try to clip um, as many highlights as I can and post them on Twitter. It'll be pretty hard to do while I'm at the game, and <laughs> I'm not a fortune teller, so I can't tell you exactly when they're going to score next to record it in person. But we'll do our best to keep it updated there. I'm excited for these games. I'm excited for the direction the team is going. I'm excited that we finally have started this. I don't know. This is going to be a fun ride. We'll see what happens. I'm not promising anything. Yeah. I'm not promising an upload schedule. I'm not promising I'm going to be able to edit this first one well. Really? But I thought you said we were recording four days a week. We're not recording four <laughs> days a week. We both have full-time <laughs> jobs. Uh, no, this will be fun. I didn't have anything else I wanted to cover with this specifically today. No, it's going to be an interesting ride. Like, who, who could have predicted the way the season was going to go? Uh, you know, beginning of the season, we... We thought we were going to be competing at to the top based off of the amount of talent and prospects that we have with Simon and with uh, Brastrom and Okinura and um, Johansson and Anderson and all of the forwards that we've added. And as crazy as the rosters changed just in the last 30 days, I mean, it's, it's insane of who we have down here and what's going on. So, um, yeah, it's just exciting. It's different. It's... Uh, this isn't where I expected us to be at, at the bottom of the division uh, with the talent that we have, but uh, a fire's been lit, and uh, let's see how far this can this last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I think a few weeks ago when we decided we were going to do this, the team was at its worst. Um, it could have possibly been all season, and I think 
that's what really sparked us to start this. But now the team's on an upward swing, and who knows what the next few games are going to look like. So I'm excited to cover it. It's fun. It's exciting. I think my last question for you is who's going to have more points over these next, let's say, three games, because that's probably about the time we'll record again, oh. between Verona, yeah. Elmer, or Simon. <laughs> you can throw Ernie there, too, if you want. Can we get Bert down here so we can have Bert and Ernie? I wish they could go on a line together so bad. Just for one game. Come on. Give it to us. I'm going to say Elmer. You think Elmer? Yeah. I think Verona. I think he, bold prediction, goal every game. These next three games. He'll average a goal a game. His shot, that curvature on that shot. It's so nasty. I was like, I was surprised he didn't bring that. that. The flex on that stick is ridiculous. The flex on it was nuts. I wanted to say that earlier and I forgot. No, you're good because it needed to be mentioned because it, it was disgusting and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, no, exciting two weekend games ahead of us here at least. Maybe we'll record between now and then. If not, at least by the time they've played Rockford as well. So plenty to talk about next time. Uh, other than that. Give us a follow. Give us a share. Appreciate all of you. Yeah, this will be a fun ride for us. You can follow us both on our own. Uh, my, my Twitter handle, Brandon Cook with an E. 397 and yours is GR Hockey Guy. And you can follow the podcast page at Hockey Town W Pod. Hockey Town West. No, it's just Hockey Town W Pod is the handle. Oh, I don't know. You I'll teach you this it. Twitter thing one day. It's okay. <laughs> Other than that, I have nothing else to add. See you on the weekend. Yeah, we'll see you guys after the next weekend game.